First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning our reading at the verse number 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. This we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another uh, with uh, these words. Amen. May God add his blessing to this reading of his precious and holy word to all our hearts this evening. A little text of scripture I want us to look at and base our message upon the final words there of verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where it says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, before the summer, we had been looking at this book of 1 Thessalonians, and over the next number of weeks, I want really to conclude our studies in this epistle. And at the end of June, when we looked at the opening verses here of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, we saw in particular on that occasion how God's people are exhorted to be holy, uh, to live in harmony, uh, and to be honest. And we see reference made to those calls there in verse 7 of the chapter, where it says, For God have not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. God's people are called unto holiness. We see also the call there to harmony in verse number 9 of the chapter, where it says, But it's touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And the thought there is of God's people being called uh, to harmony. And then there's also that call to honesty. We see that in verse 12 of the chapter, uh, where it says that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. And then in our final verse here this evening, in verse number 18, our text really is a call for God's people uh, to comfort one another. It says there, wherefore, comfort one another uh, with uh, these words. And the context here is one of comfort being brought to, to fellow Christians whose loved ones have died in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting him as Savior. Uh, the Thessalonian Christians in particular were concerned that saved loved ones who had already died, that they were under the thinking, the wrong thinking, that somehow such believers had already died and Christ would be disadvantaged in some particular way or some particular manner whenever the Lord Jesus Christ would return. Well, the Apostle Paul, he, he rectifies this wrong thinking by reminding the Thessalonian believers of the great hope, the certain hope of Christ's return and indeed the blessing there is for all God's people in this great event, that is, those who have already died in Christ and those who will still be alive at 
the return of Christ. And at the close of this chapter, then he exhorts God's people here to comfort one another with these words. He says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. And it is that exhortation in particular for God's people to, to comfort one another that I want us to look at and to consider just briefly this evening. Notice, first of all, here with me the meaning of this exhortation. It says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. That word comfort there, as you find it in that verse 18, really refers to the matter of, uh, of Christian sympathy. And it really means the believer seeking to help and seeking to encourage others in their time of need, in particular in their time of grief. The word comfort here literally means to call alongside someone or, if you like, to assist them in their time of need. In the original language of the New Testament, that word there for comfort is also translated consolation. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, in the verse number 25, the same word there in the original is translated consolation. And that verse really refers to Simeon waiting for the first coming of Christ and the great comfort that Christ and the gospel would bring to needy sinners. And that verse says, and Simeon was just and devout, and it says, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that's the exact same word in the original that we have in our text tonight, comfort. It is also translated there, consolation. So it also contains or the meaning of to console others or to console one another. And child of God, can I say tonight, this is part of our ministry as Christians in this life, in this scene of time. Indeed, this is part of our ministry as a church, as a, as a body of God's people. Whenever others are in need, when they're in times of trouble or affliction, maybe going through times of sickness or trial or sadness or grief or sorrow, as believers, as individuals, as a church body, we have a responsibility to help them, to console them, and to encourage them in whatever way we can. Our text says here, comfort one another. This is an exhortation to us as Christians. And Paul, he, he adds the same exhortation in the next chapter. Look at what he says in verse 11 of chapter number 5. He says, wherefore, he says, comfort yourselves together. And again in verse number 14 of chapter 5, he says, Now we exhort you, comfort, he says, the, the feeble-minded. This is part of our ministry as Christians, as individual believers, as a, as a church. And dear people of God tonight, let me say this, that whenever we engage in this ministry, not only are we obeying God's Word and God's will for our lives as Christians, but we are also seeking to follow the greatest of all examples. And that example is the example of, of God himself. Think of how God is described to us in the Scriptures. God the Father is described in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3 as the God of all comfort. And when we seek to comfort others, we're following the example of God. 
Also, that think of Christ, his public ministry here on earth. It was continually one of seeking to bring comfort to others in need. You think of that time whenever he healed and he saved the woman with the, the issue of blood. He said these words to her. He says, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And he, he brought comfort to that woman in her need. And his public ministry was one of continual comfort, ministering spiritual comfort and, and physical comfort to those who were in times of need and difficulty. Turn your Bible back to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 4. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 4. And here you have Christ himself speaking uh, about the manner of his ministry here on earth. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, and the verse number 18, speaking of his public ministry. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he, that, that is the Lord God, and the Holy Spirit have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight uh, to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. And there you see from what he has said there that the manner of his ministry was that of ministering great comfort to those who are bruised and brokenhearted in life, those who are held captive by, by Satan and, and by sin snare. The Bible says of Christ that he went about doing good. He was always ministering comfort to those that he came in contact with physically and spiritually. God the Father is a God of all comfort. God the Son is a Savior of great comfort. And then think of the Holy Spirit himself. One of the great titles given to God, the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures, is that of Comforter. Remember what Christ said about the Holy Spirit in John 14, verse 16. He says, The Father shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. And the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in our hearts as believers, it's a great comfort to us along life's journey. The promise of the Lord is through His Spirit in our hearts, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And God is the God of all comfort, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You think of God's instruction to Isaiah. He says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. That was God's command to Isaiah the prophet. And the book of Isaiah in particular is a great book all about Christ and the great comfort of the gospel. And that was the great aim of Isaiah's ministry. And my, when we are saved by God's grace, our ministry is to be one of ministering comfort to those who are in need. This is something we're called to do, commanded to do. And when we do so, dear people of God, we're we're following in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ himself. Yes, we see the meaning here of this exhortation, but not only do we see the meaning of this exhortation, notice, secondly tonight, notice the means for this exhortation. Look again at what our text says, and in particular, uh, notice the final words there of verse 18. It says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Notice those last three words, with these words. And that little phrase there at the end of verse 18, with these words, it's a specific reference to God's Word. The Word of God that Paul himself had just 
spoken in the previous verses of this chapter. In verses 14 to 17 of the chapter, the Thessalonian believers are reminded of Christ's sure and certain return. And they're told here from what Paul says in these verses that when he returns, no believer will be lost. No believer will be left behind. No believer will be kept out of heaven. Yes, the dead in Christ shall rise first and with a glorified body will be reunited with their glorified souls. And then the body and soul of the saints who are alive when Christ returns will also be changed into a glorified state. And both categories of God's people will all be safely gathered into glory, safely gathered into heaven, and not one will be lost. Look at what Paul says in verse 16, verse 17 of the chapter. He says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we. That's the saints that have already died in Christ. And the saints who are alive in Christ when Christ returns. Paul says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And people, when our Lord returns and when he, when he gathers all his saints into glory, those that have already died in Christ, those who are living, this is something that the Bible shows us will happen. And it will happen in a moment of time. It will happen in the very twinkling of an eye. Turn in your Bible back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Look at what Paul says there in verse 51 and verse 52 of the chapter. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, every believer will be changed into a glorified state when the Lord returns. But we shall all be changed. And look at what he says. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed, and this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. This is the hope of the church of Christ, a glorious hope that is secure through the blood of the Lamb. And people, the thing here for us to note tonight in connection with our text is that God's people here in the day of the Apostle Paul, they were comforted through the Word of God in this matter. For Paul here is speaking to them specifically about the return of Christ, that no believer will be left or lost or left behind, that all will be safely gathered into heaven. This is the message that he sets before them through the Word of God. And in connection with that, he says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He was ministering comfort here to these tried saints. These saints who no doubt were fearful and apprehensive of the future and all that was going on round about them. He was seeking to comfort them through the Word of God. And surely that reminds us as Christians that the chief instrument that we have to comfort others is the Word of God itself. Turn back to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And 
the verse number four. And this is really one of the great purposes why God has given to us and to his church the word of God. Romans chapter 15, verse number four. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, that's the word of God, were written for our learning, that we through patience, and notice it, and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Why has God given us his word? To bring comfort to our hearts. One of the great purposes of the Bible. And my God's word is true. God's word is living. God's word is eternal. And my, it is relevant to every situation that you and I face or will ever face in this life. Uh, speaking of God's word, the psalmist could say, this is my comfort in my affliction. In his time of affliction, he found comfort in the word of God. Brethren and sisters in Christ and helping others in need, let us do all we can to set before them the, the word of God, either by, by reading it to them or even by giving it to them in the printed page. And people, can I say this is why it is vital in all our, our regular worship services that we have the, the reading of the scriptures and that we have the, the, the preaching of the word of God. Because it is through the reading of the scriptures and the preaching of the word of God that there is great comfort to our hearts. How vital that is. It was Abraham Lincoln who said that the Bible is the best gift that God has given uh, to man. Yes, the meaning of this exhortation, the means of this exhortation. Notice one final thought tonight. Notice the outcome of this ex exhortation. Whenever we seek to comfort others through the Word of God, there is great blessing for those who are in need. There's the blessing of hope. And notice again how Paul set this out before these Christians in Thessalonica. In verse number 13, he says, For I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And my, through what he goes on to say, brings them great hope in their time of need, in their time of care and anxiety. Again, it was the psalmist who could say, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. In his time of need, he found hope in the word of God. There's also the blessing of guidance for us through God's word. The psalmist could say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And then there's also the blessing of strength and being built up in the ways of God through the Word of God. Turning your Bible back to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter number 20. And look at the words here of the Apostle Paul as he speaks to God's people at the church at Ephesus. Acts chapter 20 and the verse number 32. He had ministered among them for some three and a half years. He was leaving them. And he commends them to the word of God. And he says in verse 32 of Acts chapter 20, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. That's the scriptures, the word of God, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. There we see the great blessing of God's word. It's used to build up God's people, to strengthen God's people. And dear believer in Christ, whenever you and I minister God's word to those who are in need, remember this, dear Christian, you bring to them hope. 
You bring to them light in their darkness in their time of need. You bring to them guidance, guidance that is right and true and perfect in the maze of this evil and ungodly world. And you bring to them manna for their souls, food to strengthen their hearts in the ways of God and in the things of God. The great blessing that flows from the comfort of the Scriptures. Maybe I'm speaking to one in the meeting tonight and you're cast down in your time of need, time of care, time of anxiety. Dear believer, I encourage you tonight, turn to the Lord, turn to His Word, His precious Word, and you'll find great hope. You'll find light in the Word of God. You'll find strength to carry you through day by day. And you'll find comfort in your time of need. Think of our text that says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Oh, let us thank God tonight, even as we get down to prayer, for the comfort of the Scriptures, the comfort of the Word of God. We'll turn again just to our hymn book and to sing a hymn before